0: Welcome to Dante's Erotica. Jin, An Egyptian Gin Adventure with Erotic Supernatural Horror. 36,800 Words by Jamie Foxx and Dante X. The full story is 17 chapters. This sample recording is the introduction and the first three chapters. Enjoy. Introduction. Imani was in front of Pierre and her two girlfriends were running behind, shivering and in tears they were absolutely terrified. Suddenly they heard another blood-curdling scream and one of the men at the rear was yelling for help. The other men that were near him started running and shouting. Run! Run! There's something down here. It just tripped his arms and head off and dragged his body away. The girls were all screaming and running as fast as they could. But the people in front were blocking their way. Underscore. Imani was born in England to an Iranian mother but had a British father and after graduation, studied at the UCL Institute of Archaeology in London. At 22, she was still single, and because of her Middle Eastern beauty and perfect figure, always had guys chasing after her. However, she'd never had time for boyfriends as her main interest was Egyptian archaeology. While browsing through the latest edition of the London Archaeologist, she came across an advertisement for an expedition to a newly discovered pyramid that had been covered in sand for thousands of years. She immediately applied for the position as it was her dream to explore a new find such as this. Then told two friends, who also applied and within weeks, were all on their way to the Valley of the Kings in Luxor, Egypt. That first night they were so excited, they met with the organizers and were put up in luxury five-star hotel. And in the morning, they all boarded a helicopter which took them to the excavation site. They were shown to their accommodation tents, and told to get changed into their work gear, as the induction meeting would be at the entrance to the site in an hour. Imani was the smallest girl in the group at just over five feet, but had the most qualifications and was also the most excited after years of dreaming about such an adventure. Her two friends, both British and a French guy were also on the helicopter and the main group consisted of five men from the USA and Germany. Pierre The French guy, took an immediate liking to Imani, trying to flirt and talk to her, but was quickly told in no uncertain terms, she wasn't interested and was only there to work. Her friends were giggling and told him that she was always like that, and although she wasn't interested in drinking or partying, they most definitely were. But to them, Imani was a really nice girl, genuine, totally honest and their best friend. Kurt was the expedition leader and a German from Stuttgart. He introduced Imani and the other newbies to the main group, and donning their flashlights and safety helmets, everyone followed him down the steps into the depths of the pyramid under the sands. As they descended deeper down the long dark passageway, it became unusually cold, and several team members said, it was strange as it wasn't that cold on previous visits. They passed several clear chambers with peculiar-shaped polished rocks in the center, and then came to the last chamber which was circular with five passageways leading off in different directions. Kurt stopped and everyone gathered round. Okay we just split up into groups of two or three and take a passage each. They are too small for us all to go down together, so each team will explore the rooms at the end. We have found very few artifacts, so if you find anything, especially in the holes in the walls, take a picture and place it on the big center stone. We will examine and catalog it in due course. Imani and Pierre were told to go with Jason, an older fifty-something American, who looked a bit like Indiana Jones with his hat and all his gear. Come on then. Follow me, he said and charged ahead. At the end of the passage they entered the chamber which was about twenty feet in diameter, another huge stone was in the center and looked like a sacrificial altar with dark brown stains all over the top. Imani felt a wave of intense fear sweep over her and was physically shivering with the cold. Pierre asked her if she was okay? She just nodded and started looking around with her torch. There were carved stone benches all around the sides of the chamber, and the walls had what seemed like, hundreds of little holes in rows all around the room about eight inches in diameter. Jason said they were quite deep and different depths, so put his arm in one to demonstrate. He continued by saying, Some contain intricately carved wooden boxes or small artifacts like ornaments or animals. Anything you find, place on the big stone and I'll take a photo, then we'll put them in the plastic boxes to take out. Do not. I repeat. Do not open the boxes as the hinges disintegrate. Some have parchment with writing inside so they need to be handled very delicately. As they continued searching in the holes, Pierre pulled out the first artifact and placed it on the stone all excited, and within the next twenty minutes, they'd found three more artifacts and two boxes. Suddenly the room became extremely cold and they heard a terrifying scream, followed by a long deep groaning sound. All their torches malfunctioned at the same time, and in the pitch-black freezing chamber, Imani was so terrified, she panicked and ran towards what she thought was the exit but as she rushed past, Jason grabbed her arm and told her to be careful as having an accident down there wasn't funny and very difficult to get help. The torches came back on but it was still icy cold, so they decided to leave and walked the 150 feet back to the main chamber leaving all the artifacts behind. The rest of the team were already there, and everyone was looking scared as they'd all experienced the same extreme cold and heard the terrifying inhuman sounds. Kurt told everyone to follow him and led the way out walking as fast as he could, and even after thirty years of exploration, he'd never experienced anything like it before. Imani was in front of Pierre and her two girlfriends were running behind, shivering and in tears they were absolutely terrified. Suddenly they heard another blood-curdling scream and one of the men at the rear was yelling for help. The other men that were near him started running and shouting. Run! Run! There's something down here. It just tripped his arms and head off and dragged his body away. The girls were all screaming and running as fast as they could. But the people in front were blocking their way. Another scream and one of the girls said something grabbed her, but the two guys behind her started shouting and pulled it off. But they weren't behind them anymore. The girls were so scared one had peed herself and fallen down, but a guy running past pulled her up shouting. Run girl. Fucking run. They only had sixty feet to go and could see the sunlight streaming into the main entrance, almost out of breath and scared absolutely shitly they heard a horrendously long non-human scream. Whatever was in there, didn't want to come any further and retreated back into the depths of the underground pyramid. They ran up the sand towards the tents and Kurt was calling the pilot shouting. Start it up. We need to get out of here fast. The chopper could only hold six people but there were seven including the pilot. Kurt waited a few minutes to see if any more of his team were coming out, but all they heard was a loud howling and the ground started trembling like an earthquake. Take her up, he shouted and stood on the landing rail hanging onto the outside. The pilot almost crashed trying to take off as the ground was moving and there was far too much weight on one side, making it veer to the left almost hitting a sand dune but he managed to pull up just in time. A huge black cloud of what looked like locusts rose up, coming from the entrance of the pyramid, chasing the helicopter before it picked up speed and headed back to Luxor. The flight time was only about an hour, but seemed like five as they were all so frightened and hardly anyone spoke. Nobody had any idea what had just happened except Kurt, he seemed to be contemplating and when asked said, He hadn't experienced anything like it and been exploring Egyptian archaeology sites for decades. When they landed, Catherine, Imani's friend who'd been grabbed, showed Kurt her arm. He immediately put her in a car and told a team member to get her to the hospital. It was ripped open to the bone from shoulder to wrist, by something like a giant claw, and blood was soaking through the shirt someone had wrapped around her arm to stem the flow of blood. Imani offered to go with her but Kurt said no as he needed to keep everyone together. Catherine looked so white, she collapsed trying to walk to the car so two men picked her up and lifted her in and it sped off. Back in the hotel, Kurt called everyone together. Okay we're safe now. But whatever that was, I have no idea. There have always been rumors about disturbing tombs and sacred sites, but in all my years of extensive exploration, I've never heard or experienced anything like that. We've lost three members of my team and the police are going to be asking a lot of questions. I suggest you all tell them exactly what you heard or saw, we have nothing to hide and I want answers more than anyone. Jason and Kurt went off to talk to the police, as Pierre and the girls went to their rooms. It was six o'clock in the evening and Hayden asked Imani if she was hungry? She said she was, so they headed back down to the restaurant. What are we going to do now? because no way am I going back down there, Hayden exclaimed. Imani was still in shock and couldn't think of anything to say, so just agreed and carried on staring at the table. Do you want some wine with me? I need to de-stress and I think it'll do you good as well. Yes, please, and thanks, Imani replied. Mind if I join you? Pierre said standing behind them so Hayden replied. Sure, pull up a chair. So what the fuck was it then? He exclaimed. The girls looked at him as Hayden started talking. I don't know and I'm out of here on the next available flight. That was like something out of the fucking mummy movie. Jesus Christ. Did you see the black cloud of insects chasing the helicopter? I really thought we were all gonna die. Shut up. Imani said looking perturbed then continued. That stone in the middle of the room was covered in dried blood. I think. People or animals were sacrificed down there. And what the fuck were all those holes around the walls with boxes and things in them? I've never heard of anything like that before in pyramids or burial chambers. They both looked at her and Hayden said. Yes, and what the hell attacked the guys and Catherine? The waiter brought the wine and poured them all a glass each as Pierre ordered another bottle. Hayden drank hers immediately and poured herself a second glass. Imani took a few sips then said. She needed to get some sleep, so finished her glass and said good night. This is a sample from Chapter 3. Sexual Desires of the Jin. They arrived at the airport and booked a flight back to Gatwick, just south of London for the following morning at 09.00 hours, so had to spend the night at a hotel near the airport. After they checked in, Hayden went into the shower as Imani heard the Jin talking to her in her mind. Meet me by the swimming pool and we can talk. By the way your friend is hot and sexy. What? Imani exclaimed out loud. Are you okay did you say something? Hayden shouted from the bathroom. Yes I'm fine, just popping down to the pool. Meet me there later if you like, she answered then went off to find the gin. As she sat on a sunbed looking around, a very handsome, muscular, Middle Eastern looking man walked up and sat next to her. Hello Imani. Is that you? Oh my God. Now you're a man. I am both. So what's going on with Pierre? She asked. He is alive and on his way back to Paris like I told you. But Kurt said, he was dead and his head was ripped off. Yes, that is correct. But he mysteriously disappeared from the morgue last night. They think his body was taken to sell his organs. Really? So he's alive? Yes. You can call him when you are back in London. And you are correct, I did erase Hayden's memories of the event, so try not to talk to her about it anymore. I see. So you can bring people back from the dead then? Only if it is I that killed them. But not under any other circumstances like for example involving another djinn. So what's was all that about Hayden being hot and sexy? She is. And I want to have some fun with her. So how are you going to do that then? Well I can seduce her in this or another man's body or through you. Through me. What are you talking about? Through me? She likes girls and is attracted to you. Have you not noticed? No I haven't. And I'm not a lesbian either, so you can forget it. You will not remember anything, I just need to pop in for an hour or so and you do remember our agreement? Agreement. What agreement? Imani demanded. You agreed to let me occupy your body occasionally, in return for me to serve you and grant whatever you desire. I don't remember that. But why can't you make love to her in your other body? You know, the sexy Asian girl? So you find that avatar sexy do you? I, I don't know. I'm so confused now. I've never had sex with a girl. Or a man. Remember, I am in your mind Amani. I know all about you and you cannot be afraid forever. So how can you help me then? I do like guys but I've always been too involved in my studies and, you know, archaeology. Well, as your friend Hayden likes you, I could pop inside and make love to her and you can be totally aware, or I can make you totally unaware. Another option could be, I stay as I am now in this male avatar and seduce you both together. So that's my choices is it? Yes. Unless you want to choose something else? Well. I think I'd rather you stay as a man because your sex life is non-existent and you want to try a man, the jinn finished her sentence. Yes, Imani replied. Hayden walked up and sat next to her on the sunbed. So who's this then? Hayden said smiling like a Cheshire cat. My name is Omar. I am also staying at the hotel and in Luxor on business. I was just asking your friend Imani if she would like to join me for a cocktail. But now I need to ask your name and invite you as well? Hayden, she said holding out her hand giggling, but he lifted it to his mouth and kissed it like a typical English gentleman. I will go find a waiter. Pina coladas or would you prefer something else? Perfect, Hayden said as he walked off towards the bar inside the hotel. Oh my God. He's a bloody Greek god or something. I didn't think you were like that. Hayden exclaimed. What do you mean? I was just sitting here and he came up to me. But I saw how you were looking at him. He's got a huge, you know. Did you see it hanging down in his trousers? Oh shut up Hayden. You're unbelievable, Imani giggled. Omar returned and handed them the peanut colliders, then continued talking and flirting. Imani almost forgot he was hergin and was becoming more and more relaxed as time went by. So when are you flying out? He asked. Tomorrow morning, Hayden replied. Oh dear. So does it mean we are just passing ships in the night? I thought. Maybe we could continue our little chat in your room? Hayden immediately said. I'm game. What about you, Imani? Err. Uh, why not? she replied, wondering if she was doing the right thing. Omar stood up, towering over them at 6 feet 8 and a muscular 220 pounds, held both their hands and walked them around the pool into the lobby and the elevators. Luckily, Imani was quite tipsy from the three cocktails she'd drunk and her nervousness had almost disappeared, but Hayden was definitely not shy and already hugging him in the elevator, and letting him grope her bottom as they walked along the corridor to their room. Once inside, he asked Imani if she was okay, and when she nervously smiled back, he led Hayden straight into the bedroom. Come and join us, he said holding the door open. She walked in and sat on the armchair facing the bed. Can I watch for a while? I'm a bit nervous and... I've never done this before. I mean with three people. Omar pulled Hayden towards him and started kissing her as his hand slid down her back and cupped her bottom. She was wearing a one-piece, low-cut cream bodysuit with her breasts poking out of her half-cup bra. As he caressed and squeezed her bottom, he slid a hand up under her long brown hair to the back of her neck, then slowly eased her zip down, and still kissing her, expertly unclipped her bra. Imani was staring as Hayden caressed his huge member that was clearly showing through his trousers. She couldn't believe she was watching her Jin make love to her friend, and later, was going to do her as well. Shivering in anticipation as he worked on her breasts, kissing and teasing her nipples. Hayden squeezed him to full hardness, undid his zip and reached in to feel it for the first time. Her bodysuit fell down to her waist as he removed her bra and threw it on the floor. Then like a gentleman, he lowered her bodysuit to the floor, kissing her breasts and nipples, then her smooth stomach and lower belly as she stepped out of it and parted her legs slightly. He immediately placed his hand between her legs and rubbed her lacy white knickers, feeling her warm moist pussy through the fabric then took a nipple in his mouth and sucked it hard making her sigh, slowly easing her down onto the bed. Hayden held his head in her hands as he teased her nipples with his tongue, then moved up and started snogging her again, gliding his hand down into her knickers, feeling her heat and wetness, he dipped inside, exploring her folds and inner lips. Then arching her back, she let out a long sigh as he probed and fingered her deeply. She was in heaven and about to explode, but he knew exactly how to intensify her pleasure and then slow down, keeping her on the edge. Imani could feel her own juices starting to flow and caught herself involuntarily caressing her own breast. She was wearing a thin flowery cotton skirt and white blouse. Her 32B breasts were the perfect size for her slim body but still encased in her bra. Omar peeled Hayden's knickers down and was between her legs with his tongue in an instant. Tasting her unique fluids and smelling her scent, drove him into a frenzy. Hayden gripped the bedsheets as his extra-long tongue probed so deep, it felt like a cock, making her open her eyes to stare down at him, not believing how his tongue could be so long and deep inside her. Pushing her legs up and back, he held her in position with his arms, caressing and squeezing her breasts. She started jerking uncontrollably as he lapped at her like a thirsty animal but when he started rimming her anus and forced his tongue inside, she exploded and orgasmed loudly, screaming she was coming over and over again. It was so intense, she was jerking and arching her back, but he was wasn't finished, holding her down, he clamped his mouth onto her pussy and probed inside her again. Hayden was having multiple orgasms as he kept sending her to the moon and back. Imani was staring in disbelief at what she just witnessed and when he stood up and walked over to her with his huge erection sticking out of his trousers, she couldn't take her eyes off it. He took her hand and pulled her up, walking her towards the bed, sitting her down next to her friend who was still holding her pussy and panting as if she'd just given birth. He undid Amani's blouse and then her bra, exposing her beautiful small breasts as she shyly covered them with her hands, kneeling down between her legs, he took them in his mouth rolling and suckling on her hardening little nipples. She stared down at him, then closed her eyes as he pushed her back and moved down lower, licking and kissing his way down to her most private place. She'd never told anyone before, but the Jinn knew, she was still a virgin. But now Omar was between her legs, caressing her breasts with his hands, his tongue was licking and probing at her knickers so forcefully, it was driving her wild. She couldn't stand his teasing so reached down and pulled her knickers to the side so his tongue could enter her tight little pink pearl. Licking at her outer lips and tasting her unique nectar, he pushed it inside, sending her into a frenzy of bucking and arching her back. She wailed like a cat that was being murdered as he probed her with his snake-like tongue then penetrated her hymen, sucking and drinking her blood as it trickled out. She'd never experienced anything like it, and as he started fucking her with his non-human, extra long tongue he pushed her legs up and held her wide open just like he did to her friend hayden had recovered and was laying on her side watching him take imani up to the edge then he eased out and went to work on her anus imani couldn't believe the feelings she was experiencing and immediately orgasmed as he entered her squirting and jerking as he held her down with his mouth clamped onto her pussy like a limpet hayden reached out and started caressing imani's breasts but Imani was in another world, she'd just had the most unbelievable and explosive orgasm of her life. Her gin had just taken her virginity with his tongue. He kept on licking and slurping between her legs, alternating between her holes, as Hayden moved in and kissed her passionately on the mouth. Imani couldn't believe she was doing it with her best friend, but carried on as she'd never felt so turned on in her life. The gin peeled her knickers off and still kneeling between her legs, rubbed his bulbous bell end against her tight, lightly haired opening. This might hurt a little, but I can assure you it will soon turn to pleasure, he said as he eased in and opened her up. Imani let out a scream that shocked Hayden so much, she had to put her hand over her mouth to stop the hotel residents calling the police. Omar held her on his cock, without moving as Hayden told her to relax, stroking her face and breasts before snugging her again. The jinn eased in and out slowly, so she could get used to his girth, but she screamed. Please make the pain stop? Please do it now? Hayden thought it was a weird thing to be saying, but carried on kissing her as the pain obviously went away and the jinn said in her mind. Of course Imani. Is that better? Imani nodded as he increased his pace and was almost halfway in, stretching her to the max. She started to get into the rhythm and the pain had completely gone, replaced with the most intense pleasure. Hayden was rubbing her clit and suckling on her nipple as Imani exploded into another mind-shattering orgasm. Mm-hmm. I sense that was a pleasurable experience for you. Now I would like to see you both make love and I will join in when I'm ready to let you taste my male love juice. He eased out slowly, holding her pussy open and admiring her gapping hole contracting back to normal. Hayden climbed on top in a 69 position and immediately went down on her, licking and kissing and pulling her open again with her fingers. Imani had never seen or been so close to another pussy, watching it getting closer and closer until it was directly over her mouth. She held Hayden's bottom with both hands and took her first taste of another girl, trying to simulate what was being done to her. She eased her fingers in and pulled her open, watching the creamy white goo, oozing out of her inner lips. She licked it again, then realizing it tasted really nice, did it again as Hayden lowered herself down even more. The pleasure was out of this world and she wondered if the gin had put some kind of spell on her. He then appeared, looking down at her between Hayden's parted bum cheeks. The answer to your question is no he said as he pulled her open even more and inserted his snake-like tongue into Hayden's other hole. Imani was in awe as his tongue fucked her anus like a cock, it was at least six inches long if not more, and together they lapped away between her legs. The jinn then said, You want to see me fucking her? Imani didn't reply immediately, but she knew he was reading her mind. But she also knew what he was going to do after that. It excited her so much she said, Yes I want to see. And that too. He smiled down at Imani as he positioned himself at Hayden's entrance. Hayden heard them talking but had no idea what Imani meant when she said, that too. And even she'd never had a cock as big as Omar's before. In her mind, he was a walking god with a phallus most women would give or do anything to try. He knelt behind her and pushed it in. Imani felt her gripping her bottom and moaning into her pussy as he started fucking her faster and deeper. Hayden was nowhere near as tight as Imani, but he was also nowhere near the size of the average human male. Imani watched in awe as he penetrated her deeper and deeper and Hayden squeezed Imani's bottom harder with each thrust, licking and sucking on her bud. Imani was the first to start jerking and orgasmed into Hayden's mouth because she was watching his massive cock fucking her into oblivion, and in her mind's eye, knew exactly what he was going to do next. He plunged all the way in and withdrew fast, sending Hayden over the edge, trembling and jerking like she was having an epileptic fit. Sweet-tasting creamy cum, oozed out of her pussy and into Imani's mouth which she greedily lapped up. But then he plunged in and out again, making her jerk once more as huge jets of his spunk splattered her anus and dribbled down into Imani's mouth. In her mind, she heard him saying, Open your mouth, so she did and he placed his cock inside, filling her with his creamy, salty semen. When he eased out, she heard him saying in her mind, Now swallow it all and tell me how good that was? She did as he said and was surprised that it was nowhere near as disgusting as she'd always believed. He got off the bed and left them to hug and clean each other up. After a few minutes Hayden said. Where's he gone? I thought he was in the bathroom, but he can't be still in there and I never saw him leave. Imani sat up as Hayden climbed off and walked in the bathroom to make sure. No he's definitely gone and all his clothes are gone too. How weird. Imani smiled to herself knowing he'd simply dematerialized, and was probably laughing to himself in his little box or wherever he hung out when not physically with her. They both fell asleep in each other's arms after another more loving lesbian session. Imani knew, her sex life had changed forever. That's the end of the sample chapters. The whole book is 17 chapters and 36,800 words. And don't forget. You can read any of Dante's books with a 30-day, free trial on Amazon Kindle. Just click the links in the description.